This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. to the 1912 Exiles podcast, podcast that's made by Newport County fans for Newport County fans. It's me, Reese. I'll be hosting what is the first of, I believe, our fifth season of the 1912 Exiles. And joining me tonight, I have Ian and Ed. Hello, it's good to be back. Yep. Hi, everyone. So uh, we've got plenty to get through tonight. Um, squad's shaping up nicely. We've had a sign-in announced this evening. Fixtures have been announced already, so we'll be going through those. Quick chat about the new kit, um, our pre-season friendlies, kicking off with uh, the traditional undie trialist game. And uh, Ed attended the AGM um, for the Trust last week. So we'll be getting some uh, questions thrown at him about that. First of all, our new sign-ins. So the squad so far, in fact, um, we've got Joe Day, Cameron Norman, James Clark, Priestley, Robbie Wilmot, Matt Dolan. Aaron Lewis, Scott Bennett, Lewis Collins, James Waite, Mickey Dimitrio, newly minted international, Nick Townsend, <laughs> uh, Joe West, Lewis Twamley, and um, I believe that Harrison Bright is now considered a first-team player as well, from what I've been reading. Yeah, um, you, you got a mention, didn't he, by uh, Robry the other day. Yeah, yeah, so they're all returning, and uh, we've got new sign-ins, uh, Sam Bowen, uh, I believe we paid a fee for him mm. from Cardiff. He was under contract for one more year. Uh, Will Evans from Bala. Declan Drysdale. Declan Drysdale sorry. Uh, that wasn't from... the name that I thought would slip you up out of all of the, the ones in the squad, Reese. No, probably not. Aaron Wildig from Morecambe. Ofranda Zanzala. Uh, Adam Lewis on loan from Liverpool. Chanka Zimba on loan from Cardiff City and announced this evening at the Meet the Manager Forum. Um, we've got Omar Boggle joining us. It's taking shape nicely, I think, isn't it? I wouldn't expect too many more in. That looks like a pretty complete squad to me. So we'll jump to Ian first. Uh, you said you don't really 
want to know how the sausage is made. Um, but uh, how are you feeling so far? Are, are you liking the shape of the squad? Any positions do you think we're we're still lacking? Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, they're just names on pieces of paper to me, to be honest with you. So until we, you know, like the old adage, you know, it's played on grass, not paper, isn't it? So we'll we'll have a look at them when we when we get out to Sutton and see if they can play. That's the key thing. You know, I don't know too much about any of these players, but in the same way, I didn't know too much about any of the ones we had last year either who we brought in. And I think that's the that's the natural churn that we have at at, at this level. Um, I was just talking to Ed just briefly before you came on, Reese, you know, and talking about, you know, pre pre internet, you know, all, you just used to turn up at the first game. There was a little bit of stuff in the Argos, but you didn't have all the sort of constant bantering of who we signed, what, are they any good? Da, 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 da. But having said that, I do like the look of the team so far. I, I've, I've done a little bit of a, you know, what do I think we're going to play at the moment? And I'll tell you what I think are the one thing I would like to see to come in. So I think, I think we're shaping up for a 3 5 2 could be wrong so I think at the moment we're going to play Townsend in goal we're going to play Mickey left centre-back Declan the new signing in the middle and Clark as the right centre-back then we're going to play Adam Lewis um, too many Lewises in the squad we're going to play Adam Lewis as the left wing back and Cam Norman as the right wing back then maybe Bowen Wildig and Bennett in midfield and uh, uh, ZZ up top so that's our you know the the, the classic strike force. Uh, I don't know who will, who will whether it'll be Zizi or or, or Bowell, but we'll 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 find out. Um, I think the thing we're possibly missing. I don't know enough about um, about Bowen, and I know we can't smile from any of the photographs we've seen of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he looks a serious character, or or he looks unhappy. He's that he's, he's with us. I don't, I don't know which one it is, or 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 as Ed said, he's he's sick and tired of people telling him how, how good Finn Azaz was, and he's got to replace him. I don't know, or asking but, him about his dad. Yeah, or asking him about his dad. So I don't know what sort of player he is. Um, but but I think we we are lacking perhaps the enforcer in midfield. If I could bring in one more player. For me, that's that's where I would strengthen. You know, a good tough player in midfield. I think for for some of the some of the matches last year where we were we did get overrun a bit, a little bit in the middle, where the fizzies aren't working. We need we need to be able to to play there. When I listened to Sam, when I listened to Sam Bowen, he said he can do a bit of everything. So you know, he could be this amazing, you know, Brian Robson esque box to box player who can do who can do the lot. Let's let's see. But um, I, I think that's where we're still a little bit light for me. So I think Wildig's a more creative player, isn't he? From what I understand, playing more as an attacking. So he'll be, you know, if we've got, say, Bennett and Bowen, he'll be the one pushing on, I'm assuming. But I think midfield, actually, is probably the where we should strengthen. Or somebody else who's a bit quicker at the back, maybe to go alongside Declan or some cover there, because we're not the fastest at the back. I'm assuming Declan is going to be the, the quick one in the middle. But again, there's not masses of pace there in, the, in, the, in that centre-back lot. So... I think we've got up front sorted now, haven't we? So midfield and, and the enforced in midfield and a quick one at the back. That's what see, I would see. I, I broadly agree with your assessment and broadly agree with your starting lineup. The one, well, there's a possible few differences, but the one that I think may be different and may answer the pace question is: I think I think this could end up being quite a big season for Priestley Farquharson because I think. This is, you know, obviously him getting injured last season was hugely disappointing uh, for the team and for him personally. But I think as a way to kind of reset him, 
you know, I think he may have been moulded a little bit as a player during his recovery. I think he's probably a Robery sort of player. Um, you know, he before he got injured, he was a bit rough around the edges, but he showed the potential of being uh, a kind of athletic, fast centre-back who looked OK with the ball at his feet. He may well be one of the those um, kind of three centre-backs. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if if he perhaps is the answer to that question. I may be wrong, but um, I think it could potentially be a, a real chance for him to shine. And, you know, who knows if he's impressed so far in pre-season and does well in the games we've got over the next few weeks, I think he could um, be potentially the answer to that question. Um, elsewhere, I think you're you're probably right with your midfield three, although, again, I wouldn't rule out weight being perhaps a little bit more in the mix of those three than than you do. Um, I know, yeah, you, you thought he was something of a kind of angry wasp last season, but I think at the same time, he did have enough of the kind of Azaz Cooper sort of fizzy quality to him that... Um, yeah, Robri may well like to have have him. And he may well be, because we've had him that little bit longer, he may well be six months ahead in terms of his development and into being a Newport County player than maybe Bowen might be. So it may be that, that weight is slightly higher up the pecking order at the moment. And once Bowen's played his way into form a little bit, he may find himself closer to it. But I broadly agree with that. Um, but I think up front, I would say Bogle is probably going to be one of the first names on the the team sheet. I, I I may be wrong with that, but I think he's probably ahead of Chanka Zimba, for example, because I just think he's got that bit more experience that I think we we, we probably need. Um, and I, I think he's a really big signing. I'm really excited about um, Omar Bogle. Um, the other one that I'm, I don't think anyone is, uh, is going to feel differently. Adam Lewis, I think is hugely exciting. You know, I, I was, yeah. I was in the like, um, keep hold of Ryan Haynes camp, but um you know, Adam Lewis sounds like a truly exciting player and I can't wait to see him in a county shirt. So, um, yeah, I think we've got some exciting names that have come in, but I do also think that in Farquharson, uh, James Waite, you know, we've got some players from last season who I think will perhaps um, have stepped up a lot since we last saw them. I think the, the thing with the thing with Priestley for me, I mean, could he also, could he, could he move into midfield? Could he be that, you know, that enforcer player in midfield if we wanted it? I'm maybe pushing it a bit there. What what the thing with Priestley for me is I've seen him. I've seen him where I looked at him and thought, God, he, he's got everything. He could be. He could be amazing. And I've seen him play like Bambi on ice as well. So <laughs> I really don't know. I, I you know I, I'd, I'd like to see him fit. I'd like to see Robri coaching him and see what he can do. But I'm slightly concerned at the moment if Priestley's the answer. I, I'm slightly concerned about what the problem is. Um, so for me, jury's out. I, I, we need to see. We need to see a bit more of him. In terms of bodies in midfield, where do you where do you think Dol- is Dolan a centre back now, or is he is he back in the midfield mix? The, the advantage, surely, of Dolan and and Bennett is that they can both play both positions. I mean, I think I would say I think Dolan is better as a defender, and um, Bennett is better as a midfielder. But um, but they've both got you know multiple strings to their bow I would um I would argue I think the bench looks quite quite strong actually you know if you yeah. think about we haven't talked about Robbie Wilmot there we, you know you've yeah. just raised Matty Dolan you know Will Evans and Fala Evans's highlights reel is pretty impressive you know when yeah. we signed him some of the clips people were putting and you know I know you can draw unfavorable comparisons between the fourth division and the Welsh Premier but 
I think there's there's the makings of an extremely good player there. I'm, I'm I was excited about that one. I think again, it may take him six months to up his game to the level that's needed, but um, I could see that really paying off. Anyone can look good on YouTube, but his some of the goals he scored were were incredible. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see, like you say, if he can make the step up. He's fortunate that he's got a full preseason. Um, and that's another thing that I think we've done really well this season is that we've got our transfer business out of the way early. We've, I think, um, Bogle might be our last sign-in and that's a week into pre-season. So um, I think the manager said that he'd be joining them from Monday. So to get all your all your transfer business done nice and early, then you can get everyone in and have almost a complete pre-season with a full squad is, uh, is nice, isn't it? You don't helps them bed in. You don't want to be uh, scrambling around deadline day trying to get someone in. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that. I, um, I totally agree with you, Reese. I'm glad you raised that. There's a point I was going to talk about that, you know, I can't remember the last time where we've been now. You know, they might all be rubbish, right? But if they're not, right, where we've been in a position where we've got the squad looking, you know, 95% there before we... The first of July. Yeah, you know that is that is impressive to be to be that is impressive. Credit to the manager and the board there for getting yeah. getting those deals done. Few grumbles on uh, on message boards and on Twitter about the number of Cardiff connections we've signed. Any any concerns from you, Ed? Not not from me, but you know there there may have been a few grumbles on Twitter and online. I think we had a few grumbles from Ian in the in the WhatsApp group. So I'll I'll let Ian do the grumbling. I I have no problem with it if they're good enough. Then, um, then that's fine. If Robery's worked with them previously and thinks there would be a good addition to the squad and he trusts them and knows that they've got um <clears throat> the right mentality, then so much the better. Yeah, I'm not really interested in going to watch Cardiff BT. Do you know what I mean? That's my that's my issue. Um. Look, I'm being slightly facetious here, but I do find it quite funny that we've heard a lot of talk coming about databases and traveling the length of the country and due diligence and no so being left unturned, you know, to find players. And all we've done is bob up the motorway, you know, 10 miles and signed lower players that Roby knows from Cardiff. You know, that's <laughs> so that, I find that a bit, a bit odd. I mean, it's no surprise, is it? Because, you know, look at Ten Hag at, at, at United. He's trying to sign off the Dutch team, isn't he? And people people go with what they know, don't they? Um, but, you know, God forbid, if I wanted to be a Cardiff fan, I, I could go and watch them up there. Well, I don't need to go and watch them play for us. And it, tell you what, if, our, if, our, if, our, if, if one of our third, second or third kits has got blue in it, that's it for me. I'm throwing a towel in. <laughs> so to run down our Cardiff connections, um, James Waite, ex-Cardiff, first signing the manager made. Sam Bowen, ex-Cardiff. Will Evans wasn't. Will Dig also played for Cardiff. Bogle, Zimber is obviously on loan from Cardiff. I'm yeah. not sure if there's a connection with Zanzala and Cardiff. No, I don't, I don't think there was. Zanzala is, but I think Bogle played for, didn't he? When he, Bogle, there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he went, went from Wigan to Cardiff, didn't he? So, you know, that is basically a Cardiff City B team, isn't it? I'm not happy with that, personally. We've still got the traditional Newport core. The, the one other thing that I would say about it is when you're in a position of bringing in players, of course, ability is the most important thing because you need to bring in players who are going to be good enough and can play in the style that you want, blah, blah, blah. But it's often, I think, overlooked just how important mentality is because we've all played with people, whether it's it's at a high level or just, you know, five aside in the park with your mates, there's always going to be one asshole, isn't there, who 
is difficult to play with, rubs everyone up the wrong way, is unreliable, you know, whatever. And if you've worked with someone extensively over a number of years, as Robri has, and you therefore have the confidence that they're not going to be a disruptive influence in the dressing room and that they will turn up for training on time and that they will apply themselves, blah, blah, blah. Like that does count for a lot. So, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I have no idea about the players that we brought in and their, um, their kind of state of mind and all the rest of it. But you'd like to think that Robri isn't just signing people who are good and who will add to the squad, but also people who will, um, fit in in the dressing room and, and won't cause any problems and so in that sense bringing in players who the manager knows I think does make a, uh, a welcome difference yeah I mean I, I you know look in, in all seriousness they now play for us so they've got my 100% back in um, and being where we are it's going to be tricky to get players who are based around here you know that haven't got a link to that lot up the road you know so I, I get it I'm not wildly enamoured by the approach, and it makes an absolute mockery of this so-called amazing database. They're in the databases. They can't be if all, he's, all, we, all we've done is literally go up the road to Cardiff and say, well, have a load of, we'll have a load of your players. But, you know, let's see. I'm I'm quite excited by the... I know it's not an exciting signing um, in terms of a centre-back, but I think the Drysdale signing is pretty good. He's... He's only yeah. 25, I think. He's got two promotions on his CV. Um, you know, he's played quite a lot of games. And he's, he's got the stature as well that you, you need against um, a lot of these physical forwards. And talking of physical forwards, I think Robery's definitely got a type, hasn't he? Uh, he's, he's now got a stable of big, strong, physical a- forwards. Athletic. And, and Lewis Collins. <laughs> I love um, that, by the way, there was an article in um, the Argus, I think it was today, might have been yesterday, that basically said exactly what we said in our end of season pod about, you know, this is a, a big season for uh, for Lewis Collins. Um, you know, this is make or break time. Um, so I think, yeah, everyone is is kind of reading that. And I think he's capable of stepping up and, and doing it. But yeah, the ball is very much in, in his court. So uh, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting piece from Chris Kerwin. Yeah, and I think that you're right, Reese. I think I think Drysdale looks great. I think I'm, I think that's a really good bit of business. Um, and I think as well, it's like we have signed players. I think of the right age, which I think is good. You know, I think that the the average age of the squad looks mm. looks good now. But also, like like with Drysdale, the same with um, the Liverpool lad who's come in. You know, he's 21, 22, whatever. But he's got like a hundred odd games, hasn't he? He's played a lot. You know, so you've got some players who are you know youngish but play quite a lot of games. They're not. You know, wet behind the ears as such. You know what I mean? It's not. Like, it's not like we've got to teach them how to play. Yeah, proven players. I, th- I think that's. I think that's really important. So we've got, you know, quite a lot of experience there, even though they're not. You know, they're they're quite young, and that should blend well because they're going to have the legs. So that 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 should blend well with the the core experienced players that we've got. So you know, it, it looks decent to me in terms of the structure of who we've. You know, the the the, the sort of profile. The positions, you know, the, the amount of games they play, the stature of, of of those players, the physique of some of those players looks right to me. So I'm quite excited by what we what we brought in, you know, notwithstanding the whole Bluebird connection. The other interesting point for me on the squad is like who is going to start getting eased out a little bit, and I think there's 
there's two that I would be watching um, in that regard. Well, three, Lewis Collins, I think perhaps is potentially uh, one one of them. But um, the other two, I think James Clark is one who, as I understand it, he, he had a clause triggered in his contract because he played however many times it was for us last season. It automatically triggered another year of the contract. Is that is that right? I think that's what happened. Otherwise, I'm not sure whether he necessarily would have been that high up on the list of, of players we'd have sought to keep. And the other one, I, I do wonder whether Matty Dolan now will be more or less on the bench most games and he will be the one who comes on, you know, he'll be like Matty shut down Dolan. You know, if if we're going into the last 10, 15 minutes defending a lead, stick Dolan on, see the game out. And I think that may well be a really good use of his skill set. Um, but yeah, I, I think that may be what we see with him more this season than yeah, starting games. Yeah, I don't think Dolan will start that often much to my chagrin, but I don't think he will. Um, it, this probably will be his last season for us, and then he'll, he'll go back up north and he'll go with my massive thanks. But I still think he's got a role to play for us this year. Um, you know, he, he he is good on the ball. He is one of our best passers. And he's, you know, he's, he's good at dead balls and he's great at penalties, you know. So, and he, and, and as you said many times last year, really, um, Eddie, he brings something from a, a tactical and a management perspective that I think is important that shouldn't be overlooked. That he is, you know, that game we saw against um, uh, Oldham at home, where he, you know he was the voice on the pitch, wasn't he? It was really clear that that the Robbery was using him to get the messages across. So he might not be on the pitch as much doing that, but I think he he probably plays a more important role than, than maybe a lot of people think, particularly in the dressing room and and. Um, you know, off the pitch, he probably has quite a significant role, as as Mickey does, I, I think, as well. So I think that... Well, he's he's club captain, isn't he, for a yeah. reason. So he's obviously got that influence um, within the dressing room. And like you said, his his composure is something that you can't coach. Um, you know, he's never he's never rushed. Sometimes that's, that's to his de- detriment. Um, but like you say, if if you want to change the way you're playing, maybe get a bit more control in midfield or, you know, slow the game down. Um, or, yeah, just try and change the way you're playing with his range of passing and his composure on the ball. He's never going to drive into space a la Finazaz and Oli Cooper, but that's not what he's there for. Yeah, I still think he's got a place, but yeah. like you say, he it'll be interesting to see how that midfield trio shapes up come the start of the season. So a quick note on uh, on our departures. Um, we won't dwell on people who have left too long, but we've seen uh, Ryan Haynes go back to his hometown club in Northampton. Telford um, eventually signed for the, the Crypto Bros at uh, Crawley. And Josh Pask bizarrely signed for TNS in pursuit of uh, European football. That was a big surprise because he was offered a contract by us and by was it Salford? Yeah, I mean, you know, we'd have been offering him a you know reasonable amount. I would have thought Salford would have been offering him a very good amount given what they pay. But to go to TNS, I thought was fascinating, and they've made some other big signings. I think the movement between the Welsh Premier and clubs in the kind of fourth division is now really 
fascinating to watch. You know, it felt like it used to just be a trickle, but now it's becoming a, a flood in both directions. I think that's I think that that speaks well of the Welsh Premier. But I think there's also a really big opportunity there for us to bring in the likes of um, yeah James Waite and um, Will Evans and, and so on. We've got to make sure, haven't we, we pick, you know, there's going to be a couple of players probably, isn't there, who, who can, who can he's picking the right ones, isn't it? And people who know a lot more about football than I do, who watch the Welsh Prem, you know, were saying during the season, if you could pick one guy, one player out of it, Will Evans is the one to have. So, yeah. you know, I think we've picked well there from, from I mean, I've never seen him play. So but from, from people who know a lot more than me, who've said, he, you know, that's the one. So, you know, if we've got people looking at the Welsh Prem, to, you know, to say, right, there's one guy to take, this is what you need to go for. And if we can build a reputation there and they succeed, which is yeah. a bit we, we don't, jury's still out on that yet, isn't it? But, you know, if the likes of Farquharson, um, Waite and Evans can, can succeed with us, and that, that's a good pathway, isn't it? And we should try and tap that, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's... Will Evans is probably quite a low risk move as well. He's probably not commanding very high wages compared to, you know, an experienced League Two player because he's he's coming from a semi-professional background. So um, if it works, then great. But again, we're not we're not laden them with a with an extortionate contract the way we might be, for instance, a Christopher Misselu situation where you've paid for, you know, a player who comes with an established League Two reputation, who uh, just doesn't doesn't quite work out. Yeah. Um, we've also lost uh, County legend Padraig Amund. Um We expected that, but he's signed for Welling. Is it no? Welling, it's Woking, wasn't it? Woking, sorry. <laughs> Woking, not Welling. Um, where I discovered that Christian Jolly works as a oh. fitness coach. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, Kevin Ellison turned down our contract offer as well to. Uh, we offered him a contract as a coach only and he wants to continue to play. So he's turned down our offer and uh, goes with our I mean, if, if, yeah, if he wants to carry on playing and he thinks he's got another season in him, like good on him. Like, what, you know, they'll, they'll be coaching offers coming down the line whenever he wants them, I'm sure. But if he thinks he can still offer something and um, can still score some goals. Chester. He's on the Chester, isn't he? Is, that is, he, there, is he? Is it Chester he's gone to, isn't it? Yeah. Google suggests he's not signed for anyone yet. But yeah. maybe you know things that Google doesn't yet know. No, not for the first time. As, all, as always, I li- literally don't listen to anything I say. Anyone on the pod who listens to anything I say has got a problem. <laughs> but, you know, if he does end up signing for Chester, then obviously I'm a problem. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> um, so we'll move on then to uh, to our fixtures. Um, as Ian's already mentioned, we've got Sutton at ho- away, sorry, to start with. Um, and our first home game is Walsall at home. Um, against Mike Flynn's new side, so the first time he'll be returning to Rodney Parade. Um, what do you, what kind of re- reception do you think he'll get? I, I think it'll be positive, won't it? I think there'll be a Unless lot of. I think there'll be some good-natured abuse from the majority, the vast majority of Newport fans, and I think there'll be some bad-natured abuse from a few idiots, as as is always the case. But um, I mean, I think there will be a, a, a grudge element to it because I think that's inevitable and um but I think that's okay you know it's like if you go and watch Panto you don't really hate um Aladdin's uncle you know or whatever it's just but it's a bit of fun isn't it so I think there will be some pantomime villain element to it and I suspect Flynn will probably play up to that a bit because um he'll probably rather enjoy it 
but I think, it'll, you know, it'll be good natured. But I think it'll be a good game as well, because, you know, they've come into a bit of money now, Walsall. And I think the expectations on Flynn will have been raised significantly. Um, so I think that could end up being quite a uh, quite an interesting game and a good early test of us as well. You're probably right, Ed, but, you know, as I've, I've spoken about it, there's nothing, nothing, nothing disappoints me more than football fans, actually. Do you know what I mean? So... <laughs> You know, there shouldn't be any single person in that stadium booing, booing Michael Flynn. I mean, anyone does needs an head red, in my view. You know, I just, I just can't get my head around that. But um, he should, he should be given a fantastic ovation, in my view, and then, and then it should, then we should go at each other, and you know, hammer and tongs. And um, I think the pressure's on Flynn this season. I think, I think he, he's, he will be expected to take them up. I think, and I think if he doesn't, you know. It, Where's he going next? I think I, I genuinely think this is a tough season for him. Um, I think they're spending some money, they're buying players. I think that I think that the focus is on him to take Walsall up. And I think if they don't get off to a good start, it, it will be difficult for him. So I think that yeah, I think you're right because I, I, I spoke to their podcast, one one pod beyond they're called, um, just after Flynn took over and they were saying what should we expect and the the main thing i said was evolution not revolution you know he'll he'll make steady consistent progress and i think that's fine but as soon as you start throwing money at it that that isn't good enough people expect immediate results and so it may not play to his strengths i think you're probably right well we're on the fixtures i think we've got a really tough first month or so I think as well for us you know I think what we've got we've got Sutton away and we've got Warsaw we've got Bradford away we got Luton away in the uh, energy drink cup Um, you know got Harrogate away so we've got we've got we've got quite a I think it's a difficult opening gambit for us actually Um, you'd expect Bradford and Warsaw to be up there you know probably Sutton won't be but they were they were playoff they were in the playoffs last time um, so I think it's a, I think it's a difficult start for us. Um, you know, we, obviously we've got our players in early, which you mentioned, we better them in. But I do think it's I do think it is a tough start. Um, so hopefully that you know fans will be a little bit patient with with our with Robbery as well. If we don't get off to a you know if we don't get off to a flyer, then um, you know I, you know we just need to pick up steady points and be there or thereabouts, don't we? Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. Is there any? Um... Any fixtures that you're particularly looking forward to this year? I've I've penciled in Swindon away, um, just because it's closer than Rodney Parade to me now. So, um, yeah, I I'd like to go to Swindon away this year. Ian, any? There's there's loads of games around you now in League Two North. Yeah, like, yeah. So I'm 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 yes. It does appear that we've moved into like the sort of League Two North. That's what fixtures appear to be going. So I, I'm I'm really good. I mean I'm really looking for. I mean Sutton opening game. I'm going down to that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Or even though I was only there a few weeks ago, so it seems a bit bizarre. I would have. I was really looking forward to, to us playing the Wombles, but um, yeah, same. Day away, so I, I don't think I'll be able to do that. So other than that, the games for me. Uh, Harrogate away early doors because I've not been there. It's literally up the road. It's a great place to go and have a beer before a game. So that's one. Grimsby away. There's a there's a lad I work with as a Grimsby fan. They've just come back up, so he's going to come on the pod. So I'm looking forward to that. We found the um, one Newport fan excited about Grimsby away. Yeah, Grimsby away, and and then um, we made Paul. We did the uh, Rochdale home and away. So we'll be re- we'll be reviewing those fixtures. They did the double over us last year, so I am really looking mm. forward to doing the double over them this year so those ones are my my ones and my, and my first whenever my first visit back to Rodney Parade I'm not sure that's probably Rochdale on the 
October, I think. It's probably my first visit down. So, yeah. I spent a happy uh, fixture release day looking through potential uh, away games. I'm delighted that we've uh, got Carlisle on a Saturday um, this uh, this year away rather than on a Tuesday night. COVID last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I missed it because of COVID last year. Keen to do it again this year, but wasn't desperate to take two days off work so that I could drive up, stay over and come back. Now, Carlisle away and Stockport away are, are definite highlights. Um, I, I think I probably will do Luton away uh, in the Cup just because I'd like to tick off Kenilworth Road before they move grounds. Um, and yeah, at home, I think that Walsall game will be a belter. I, I think that'll be a really exciting early test. Um, and yes, yeah, Swindon at home is uh, is always interesting because they bring a good crowd and I have a particular dislike of Swindon Town. So those are probably the ones that I've picked out. How about you, Reese? apart from Swindon away? I, I have an axe to grind against Hartlepool. My wife's laughing in the background because she went to me, went with me to that game and we were absolutely robbed and I've never let it go. <laughs> it was like seven years ago, I think I went to Hartlepool away. Andy Sandell got sent off. They oh, played absolutely bought, bought two yellow cards. We were 2-0 up. I remember Sandell that. got sent off and we drew two all. And um, and they didn't have any tea as well in in the room. Yeah, so Hartlepool, I want to beat them at every every opportunity for no other reason than that. Um, I don't. Know, I think Warsaw will be excellent. Won't it? I think um, I think Flynn will get a good reception, and um, but then I think it'll very quickly turn into uh, a competitive contest. Then it's just really interesting, I think, because League Two is always so strange where teams change so much every off season, like Morecambe barely escape relegation and then the following season they go up so like start of the season all those teams who you know maybe we thought mid-table last year could suddenly be promotion contenders I think it's yeah it'd be exciting I always look forward to the start of the season first 10 games to see uh, how it shakes out and who's most competitive I mean well equally there's there's usually you usually start the season and you can pick out the team that's going to be a complete basket case and will be, you know, more or less down by Christmas. You know, last year, Scunthorpe looked dreadful on the pitch and were having all sorts of problems off it. Oldham, I thought, weren't quite so bad on the pitch, but were probably having even worse problems off it. And I think it was fairly obvious early on that those two were going to be in trouble, although Oldham made made a good uh, fight of it. I'm not sure there are any teams at this point who you go, mm, they're going to really struggle. Moving on. Again, on to uh, the new kit. One person who isn't impressed by it from the photos is uh, Sam Bowen, as we mentioned. <laughs> Looks like someone's uh, just knocked over his pint. Thoughts? My my personal opinion is I like it. My only criticism is that the pattern stops at the seam under the arm rather abruptly. But that's... You that's would like it, Reese. You've got a, a nice flat washboard stomach. You know, us us older boys who, who are oh, getting a bit middle-aged spread... <laughs> I think it's going to be, uh, I think it is a nice kit. I think the design's really good. I think it will be quite unforgiving uh, on anyone who's got a bit of a muffin top uh, going on. So um, I look forward to seeing the people who buy it in extra, extra, extra large uh, in the pubs of Newport. The big question is, is does it come with black shorts? Mm. That is the big one. It does. Well, as you know, that's a deal breaker for me. So the kit is okay, I think. I preferred last year's, but I think it's okay. I totally agree with you, Reese. I think when you look at it from the side, those dots should go round the seam to line up and mirror the front and the back and, and, and cover the same area as the black on the on the sleeve. So that that aesthetically is a bit odd. Um, but yeah, black short there's black shorts, which are the, that's the most fundamental issue that I look for 
when we do the home kit and amber shawl, amber socks with a black trim on it, which is which is fundamentally the key. So it's not it's not blindingly brilliant for me. It's okay, but it's got a black shorts, so I'm happy. And we've still got the away kit and third. I, I don't know whether they're doing a third kit. I assume they will do, especially having not been able to cash in on the one last season. In fact, probably making a loss on the one last season. So yeah, we've still got a few other options for anyone. Like the resale market on last year's third kit is probably going to be quite good for years to come. Yeah, I wonder if the club is sort of quietly selling them on the on the eBay black market, the um, the Burberry kit. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's how we're going to afford some January transfer window signings. So friendlies, we mentioned them briefly earlier on. Um, traditional undy away, that's tomorrow. Um, we've got Hungerford um, at Dragon Park, Cardiff. All of our all of our friendlies are away. Don't play home friendlies. Cardiff, where only Cardiff fans can go, so I'm sure they'll be queuing up for that one. Western Supermare away and Torquay United away, so a nice nice trip down the beach for the boys. Um, and then we finish up with Forest Green away. Do you think it's, that's what we need to get ourselves up to speed? I think Forest Green's probably a good one to end on. Yeah, I mean, I think that in terms of the opposition, uh, fine, it looks it looks sensible. You know, they're doing an interesting thing, I think, with Cardiff City where they're playing two one-hour games so they can, you know, give try different players and different ideas in a sort of, yeah, a couple of short uh, short bursts, I guess. I mean, I've, I've got two slight gripes with it. I mean, the obvious one is the Cardiff City one because, you know, I live in Cardiff, so I reckon I could probably find my way into that if I really wanted to, but it's because uh, it's home fans only. But they're, play- they're not playing it at Legoland. They're playing it at the Cardiff International Sports Stadium. So I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's a proper match. And yeah, the format's a bit odd. So um, that's a, a shame. And But yeah, presu- and presumably because they're playing it there rather than at Legoland, that's why they've not allowed away fans because it's harder to segregate. Um, and I, I do think it is a shame that we haven't got a home friendly in there somewhere. You know, if if there are good logistical reasons why we can't play at Rodney Parade, then fair enough. But it would have been nice to have tried to find some way of playing a game in Newport, even if it was at Spitty Park in front of a few hundred you know, uh, I don't know, let season ticket holders have first dibs on tickets or, you know, something. It would have been nice to have had a game. But, um, but yeah, in terms of the quality of opposition, I, wonder, I, think it's, I think it's fine. I wonder if it comes down to cost that we're not playing a home game because obviously we have to pay for our own stewarding and policing and all of that. And Yeah, but it's not great really if like Western Supermare and Torquay can afford to do that, but but we can't. <laughs> They get 100% of their gate receipts as well. They're not sharing them. They haven't. They don't have those considerations. They can just, if they own their ground, they can put whatever friendlies on they want. So I don't know whether that's behind it or whether there's any more work being done on the pitch. I don't think it needed it last year. It was an absolute dream. Ian, any any thoughts on our pre-season programme? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, the like, like Ed said, the Cardiff game's a bit weird. I mean, it's home fans only, and you can see they're keeping us away, and they probably... You know, I don't think they'd want to have it, you know, with all the idiots going down there and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a bit of an odd one, that. But it's a shame we can't. I, I'd like to have a home game. You'd think oh, it'd be lovely to have someone like the Villa, wouldn't it, or something like that. You know, we have Finns, you know could we get could we get a decent, you know, or like, I don't know, something to chat like QPR or, you know, somebody that, that, that for them it would be a, a decent run out, you know, away from home. And for us it would put, a, you know, put a decent gate receipt on. 
So it'd be, it'd be nice if we could do that. We haven't really done that for a few years, have we, played anyone? No, we had Villa under-23s a few years ago, didn't we? And we had a 16-year-old Jack Grealish score a screamer against us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's a, it, 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 it grades up sort of slowly and steadily, doesn't it? It looks like there's a, you know, Robri puts something out, doesn't he? There's a, you know, he's got a clear plan, hasn't he, about what he wants this pre-season to do. Can I just yeah. add as well, I think just as important as the pre-season games are how we use the cup games that we've got in those first couple of months, you know, we've got Luton away in the, um, in the type two diabetes uh, cup, but then we've also got the spot fan trophy where we've got Exeter forest green and Southampton B. And I guess, to, you know, the Luton game is, is one we'll want to go and, and win to progress. But I think the others are, they're almost like mid season friendlies, aren't they? They're a chance to maybe try different formations or to give, the likes of Joe Woody Wiss and uh, Harrison Bright, you know, some some game time and to see what what players can do. So, using those games wisely, uh, I think will be just as, if not more, important. You know, in in games that have a bit more of a competitive edge to them. I mean, I'd really, I'd like to see that spot fan trophy be turned into a, or at least the group element of it be turned into a pre season um, competition. I think that may be that would give it a. Um, not legitimacy, but it would it would perhaps make it a bit more palatable. Just adds um, to the early season congestion, doesn't it? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. If, it, if it could be incorporated into the preseason, then um, talking about midfield guys and and, and youngins coming through and, and and those games. His um, what's his name? Jack Caradogan. Is he where's he on the in the pecking order? Is he is he going to get some first team action? Do we think? Yeah, I think he was talked about. I think it, it was implied he's going to be part of the squad. So I think we can expect to see him around. I think it was um, Woody Wiss, Twamley, Hillier and Bright were the one, the scholars, weren't they, who who were involved in the in the first team? I'm I'm looking it up. No, he's, so he signed professional terms with County in May um, and he's in the Wales, uh, he's been around the Wales under 18 squad. So I would expect him to be in the mix for some of those sorts of matches. So I, I think we'll, we'll see him turn out in, yeah, some games at least for... For Newport next season. Meanwhile, Nye Livermore, who we discussed in a previous pod, I, I don't think has ended up signing for anyone. Um, so, who knows where he will, uh, where he will be next year? No one. One ex player that we were talking about the other day is uh, Dom Jeffries, isn't he? He's left Brentford B, and did he sign for again? He signed for a League Two side. They played a, paid a fee for him as well. Uh, he has gone to Gillingham. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. We'll. Um, Keep an eye on that to see whether ultimately we were proved right. He went down to Salisbury, didn't he? Played a handful of games for them before signing for Brentford. So our final agenda point for this evening, um, Ed, you uh, went to the AGM, the Trust AGM last week. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a short update on what was quite a short business-like uh, meeting. I think I did a quick head count. I think there were only 18 or so ordinary members there and six of the current board Um they held it as an in-person only event, which, you know, um, maybe reduced the ability of people from a bit further afield uh, to have been there. But hopefully in future years, they can make it uh, a hybrid meeting again. Um, although obviously that kind of brings complications because it, it, it is a meeting that is only open to trust members. I think there were two bits of the meeting that were worth relaying, which were really the only two points of business. The first was um, around um trust finances and receiving the accounts and the second was uh, about the elections um in terms of the finances the meeting looked at the trust accounts covering the 2020 2021 financial year which obviously took in the worst of the uh, the covid impacts um and i think the, the news was broadly 
broadly good uh, membership levels and income remained almost exactly the same which is no mean feat given everything that was going on at the time with um, attendances being reduced and you know everyone feeling the sort of financial squeeze I suspect the trust will have another battle in the period that we're in now actually to keep trust membership high when people are uh, are under the cosh financially with cost of living and everything but um, I, I do think every credit to the board for how they've managed to keep the the, the trust resilient amidst a lot of um, challenging circumstances and yeah the accounts were, were passed unanimously and the trust have managed to do a fine job of balancing the need to keep the club, club afloat um versus you know holding some money back in reserves in case we get covid two or three or four or whichever wave we're, we're on now and so yeah credit to the board i think for that I, I do think that the biggest challenge that probably is there for for the trust and for the club is not just growing the trust's membership, but actually growing the, the kind of active membership so that there's a rich blend of skills and experiences that the, the club can, can call on. Um, that's the challenge that every voluntary organisation organization faces, obviously. Um, but I do wonder if the club could do a bit more to promote the trust and promote the fact that we're fan-owned. Um, we've talked on here before about the fact that it, it's quite possible to be a casual fan who goes to watch the county and for it not to be immediately obvious that we are a fan-owned and a fan-run club. And, you know, I wonder whether we could be doing more to kind of promote trust membership at the same time we're promoting season tickets or new kit and, you know, portraying all of those as equally vital ways to to get behind the club. It's, you know, it's difficult to do, but I sort of feel like we do a much better job of selling the club than we do of selling the trust. Um, and the trust is, you know, the bread and butter of what allows us to keep the club fan-owned. So that was the financial side of it i don't know if either of you got any questions on that bit i think you made um i mean we talked about this when we did the we did the three-parter didn't we about the mm-hmm. particular branding around you know what what exeter do you know we you know we own our own club they 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 have on everything don't they i think you're absolutely right Ed. there's more we could make more of the, 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 that it's fan owned you know and it you know using billboards you know Whenever there's a player photograph, you know any, anything that goes out should have should have that branding on it, or or, or our version. Of, I don't want to make exit as branding, obviously, but our version of that branding should be on everything. You know, it should be really clear. There should be links how you can be a trust member, what the benefits are, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, so I think I think that they're open to the new ideas, but it's but it's about us, isn't it? Not just us three on this call here, but about the fan base being able to come up with ideas and drive and take them forward as part of the volunteers as part of the club um you know the trust membership itself you know can help with that um and it's about us as a as a as a fan base looking at the skills we've got you know what what we've got within our fan base that can help support the club that can take some that can come up with ideas that can take things forward and to support the the trust and the board as much as we can do to help us thrive but because um, you know, there's only a limited number of them. They can only do so much, can't they? And they're, and they're all volunteers. You know, I think that's again a key thing that people have to remember. You know, we have, we're not sitting there with a massive paid board of directors. You know, that that isn't that's not how we run. So yeah, and that you know, kind of brings us neatly onto the the elections um, part, which was the second part of the meeting, where um, yes, yeah, so there are four board members whose current term of office uh, is coming to an end. So that's Gavin Foxall. Sean Johnson, Mike Everett and Paul Marks, um, although they're, they can all stand for re-election and I assume they, they will do. Um, 
in the meantime, Colin Faulkner um, is stepping down at the end of uh, of his term, which is a shame because he's a, a superb uh, human being, Colin, and um, has made a really great contribution to um, improving access to the club for uh for you know all sorts of different people from different walks of life so um he will be very much missed but hopefully will continue to volunteer um for the club because he's a yeah a, a great guy um nominations for election to the trust board are now open and will remain so until um 7 p.m on the 8th of july which is a, a week friday as we're recording um and anyone who was a paid up member of the trust as of uh 31st of may can stand and, and can vote as well. You just need a, a proposer and a seconder. Um, and if there are seven or more valid nominations, then we will have a contested election. Otherwise, um, any candidates will just be um, appointed. Um, and I will just say on that, I've, I have nothing but praise for the current board, um, as I've already said, and I hope they all restand. But I do also hope that we get plenty of other people putting themselves uh, forward. It's It's our football club. It's a vital community institution. And I think it deserves to have a kind of battle of ideas and a contested election so that we can have a dialogue um, about what sort of trust and what sort of um, club we want. So an open offer, if anyone is considering standing to put their name forward, then I'm more than happy to propose or second anyone if it means that we get a, a good range of candidates uh, coming forward. And and yeah, if if any of the current board want to come on here and talk about the way the trust is being run and why it's important uh, for fans to engage with the trust, then there's an open invitation uh, for them to do so and I, I think that's that's it last season was a really good season for our attendance um i wonder whether that's reflected in our in our trust membership numbers going up as well um be interesting to to find that out um what we need really is is another cup run because uh our trust take up increases every time there's uh some priority tickets on the go but i think the real guts of it is what ian said in that the club need to uh need to make sure that we're we're pushing, you know, the benefits of the trust. And as fans, we need to make sure that we'll get out of it as much as we put in. So, you know, the more the more people and the more effort that goes into the trust, you know, the the more the club gets out of it. And hopefully that's reflected with a better a better product on the pitch. OK, so it's probably uh, a bit early in the season for, for beefs, but any beefs or any shout outs? Go on, Ian. So my beef, and I understand this is not going to be popular, but I I I don't want the season to start in July. It's too early. Um, football should start when the kids go back to school. And I know how old that makes me feel. Um, um, but you know, I was at I was at the cricket at Headingley the other day. You know, the, the, you know this is the, it's the summer sport. You know, it's cricket and it's doing other things. It's I don't want to be talking about football. I am talking about it. But I don't want to be I don't want to be talking about football in the summer. It's not like it's an it's an autumn and a winter game. So um it's absolutely ridiculous. Obviously I'll be at Sutton um and really looking forward to going. So I'm a complete hypocrite at the same time. But yeah, God, Struth, July, what are we doing? I know I know it starts on like the thirtieth of July, but psychologically you're right. The difference between it being 30th of July or the 1st of August I, I've reconciled myself to the fact that the season starts in early August now and that's just what happens but yeah seeing it start on the 30th of July um, when yeah like World Cup qualifiers and stuff have only just finished in June um, is yeah it is a bit much I was only at Sutton about three weeks ago watching us <laughs> watching us draw there and blow our promotion hopes do you know what I mean it just seems madness I'm going back about, two, about three weeks later any other shout outs I've, I've got two quick shout outs um, one is a 
cautious shout out for the new ticketing system the club have uh, put in place, which those of us who bought our Not season anyway. tickets nice and early were um, were able to uh, make use of. Um, so it, yeah, it's a new ticketing system through Ticketmaster. I think there are a few niggles and gremlins on the the first day, but I think it looks like a, a significant improvement on the system we had previously. And I know a lot of people at the club are working very hard behind the scenes to try and make it work. So let's see how that develops as the season goes on. But I think the the early signs are hopefully positive. Um, and a second shout out to the kind of in-house band uh, for Newport County, Tinty and the Bucket Hats, who um, have been doing some great stuff over the summer. They did a music video on the Transporter Bridge and they were playing um, in some of the fan areas before the Wales Games. Um, and I think it's just really lovely that there's like a Newport County in-house club band who are now releasing some really good stuff. And we're recording this on Thursday night. I think they've got new music out tomorrow um, and we'll put a link in the show notes. So yeah, well done them and more power to their elbow. What about you, Reese? You must have a shout out or a beef. I don't know. I think it's it's too early for me to have any any shout outs or, or beefs yet. I'll reiterate that I think the board and the manager and um, like Darren Kelly as well have done really well to get our transfer business done nice and early, and I think that's that hopefully sets us up for a really good season. All right, then. On that note, um, if you have any feedback or suggestions, or ever want to come on the pod and have a chat with us. Um, yeah, we want to make some new signings of our own on the pod. Yeah. Yeah, we signed Ian Street last season. Yeah. Look how well that's gone. <laughs> this street we signed last year. <laughs> so you can find us on uh, Twitter as at 1912exiles um, or 1912exiles podcast on Facebook. So with that, um, thank you, Ed, and thank you, Ian, for joining me. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back ahead of the... Uh, start the season or after the first game or so and uh, we'll be doing a review and until then stay safe and keep it county away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.